1: Let's move on to the defense, Ryan, and talk about the four keys to success on defense. They're going to sound very similar, folks, because these are just, it's about, they have yet to do the things we've t- we've asked them to do with any consistency they are also very important to beating UNLV. The biggest one is dominate up front. I mean, that's, that's an easy one, Ryan. That means two things. Shut down what is a, I would argue, below average, usually, UNLV run game. It, they were really good against North Texas. They've been average to below average every other game they really struggled against the better teams in the schedule now again the last two games you didn't really have Doug Brumfield which kind of limits your effectiveness with the run game but even before that they weren't necessarily ripping teams up consistently with their true run games so you've got to shut that down and make this a Doug Brumfield drop back and beat you game yes. as much as I like him he he's a first year starter correct he did not start for them yes. last year He is a kid that with all the talent that he has, he's still inexperienced. He's still a kid that can get a little bit thrown off his game when he gets pressured with any kind of consistency. So that's an important piece. So it all starts when you talk about dominating up front, it starts with the run game through the pass rush. Those are the two ways you dominate up front. And that is a big key to beating this UNLV team is if you can... If you can make this game be about Doug Brumfield beating you from the pocket, I feel mm-hmm. good about Notre Dame's opportunities. They'll make some plays because they have good receivers, but you feel good about it because then they'll, they'll get some sacks, they'll get some breakups, they'll get some pressures that force some throws. That's going to be a big key, in my opinion, for Notre Dame.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed.
3: Well, if you're resetting the line of scrimmage, it's huge because I mean, even talking about Bromfield. You know, I like Bromfield. I mean, I texted you on what was it on like Sunday, like, "Hey man, I kind of yeah. like this UNLV yeah. quarterback. He's pretty I'm talented, like Brom. Still but... watching the Stanford game, you know? What <laughs> I, <mean? laughs> I know, I know. I should have waited until Monday on that one, but it's just so funny, man, because the things though that makes Bromfield so that lets him excel on the football field is the run game like the threat of it right because we talked about how important the RPO game is to UNLV we talked about the screen game play action game I mean Doug Brunfield is a kid that if you have a heavy run action and the defense kind of just pauses for a second right they just kind of float there then he can throw the ball over your head like he's got the type of vertical arm right so all those things Fit into his skill set, but if you don't have the threat of a run game and linebackers do not have to commit themselves as much as they would before, or say these don't have to trigger a little, you know, as, as frequently as they would have to in the run game, then it's going to be a long day for Doug Brownfield because I like him a lot. But if you one on one wise, this offensive line outside of Davian McDaniel at left tackle, I believe, is a little bit of a liability. And if you were Notre Dame, there is no reason that you shouldn't be able to win one-on-ones all day against this offensive line. So if you shut down this run game, you make it a very one-note offense, just running through the pass. You're also limiting the pass in theory because the things that make Brumfield so successful are working off of the pass. So if you shut that down, if you dominate up front, it's going to be a long day. Making this game a one-dimensional game for their offense, I think is a huge key in this game.
1: Ryan, key number two. Be disciplined. That's going to be a big key. Now, when you when you say that, that's not just a general comment. That's also something very specific to UNLV, in my opinion, because as we discussed yesterday, UNLV is going to do a lot of things to try to get you out of your spot. They're going to do a lot of things to try to get your the linebackers, especially, and we'll get to them here in a little bit. They're going to do a lot of things to try to get the linebackers and safeties thinking that they're saying this, but in reality, they're doing this They're going to quickly get the ball on the perimeter. They're going to get the ball in space, which means what does discipline mean? Coming to balance and tackling situations, taking proper angles out to the perimeter so you don't get out leveraged outside or you don't overplay it, then allows them to cut inside. It means being gap disciplined. It means being disciplined on the backside, not overplaying an outside zone action only to find out, oh, shoot, I'm the will. They ran away from me. I sprinted away and, oh, wow, they're running a reverse back behind me or they're running a tunnel screen away from me, and now I'm in trouble. Now I'm out of position. It's being disciplined is a big key to this game. They're going to try double moves. They're going to try reverses. They're going to do flea flickers or trick plays. They UNLV's coaches are smart. Marcus Arroyo has done a really nice job with his football team. He knows yep. we don't have the dudes across the board, especially up front, to go out and beat Notre Dame for 60 minutes. We, we don't. So what we have to do is we have to do some things to to allow the positions that we are confident in our players. We do like some of our perimeter matchups. We do think we have a quarterback that can make them pay for some things. So how do we do things formationally, alignment-wise, post-snap movement, moving the pocket, different things like that, to then allow the skill to make plays? They're going to do all those things. And Notre Dame's way of stopping it, beginning with dominating up front, is going to be being disciplined, especially at the second – in third levels.
3: It's an yes. absolute must in this football game, right? I can't even tell you, Brian, how many times over the first few games where linebackers' eyes are in the wrong spot and they get themselves out of position, safeties kind of just hesitate a little bit, working you know, th- to the depth, cornerbacks blow a coverage because their eyes are just in the wrong spot or they're unsure of what they're looking at, man. it's Defensive football is so built off of, the instinctual nature of it right the the going through your keys and being disciplined and this is an undisciplined group I mean I would argue Brian that like there has been spurts of really good defensive play this year it's just a one or two miscommunications in the back end that makes a game turn from a really good defensive performance into an average one right like it's just a couple plays man like we talked about North Carolina for the next few games afterwards I mean they're three blown coverages away from completely dominating North Carolina from start to finish scoring defensively.
1: Almost 50 points a game against everybody not named Notre Dame, correct? Yep. Correct. And we and, saw this D-line take over the Cal game, too. We've seen them. Somebody in the chat said this defensive line hasn't dominated anybody. Whatever. We've seen this defensive line be that. They mm-hmm. haven't done it consistently. Now, they're down some guys. They're not going to have Jacob Lacy in this game. They're not going to have – they may not have Jason Ademiola this game, but the reality is this is not a very good offensive line for UNLV at all. You have to take advantage of that up front and dominate. And then – because here's what can happen, Ryan. You dominate up front. We saw this against Alabama in 2020. The defensive line would have a great push, like just blow up the Bama offensive line. But then Mac Jones would get the ball to the perimeter and somebody takes a bad angle or somebody overplays or somebody doesn't break down or somebody doesn't get off a block. And all of a sudden, a play that should have been a minus two or a two-yard gain is a 40-yard gain. UNLV is good enough to do that against the way that this defense has
3: played this year. So that's why discipline is so incredibly important. Yep. It's because – I was just going to say defense, Brian, is just like the guys work off of each other, right? Like filling a gap and then a guy kind of making a guy guess right. It's playing a, a particular coverage and making sure that you're, you are disciplined to your zone in the coverage. Like all those things matter so heavily, right? And I think that what defensively – I mean, I even think back to that 2020 Alabama game where your defensive line looks great and then – a bad angle, a missed tackle in the perimeter against a Najee Harrison, he goes 50 yards, right? Like those are the types of things that if one player isn't doing their job, you sacrifice the integrity of the defense, you sacrifice the discipline. So as a whole, second and third levels need to really keep that discipline intact because they are a few plays every game away from being a very good defense. Like not just a good defense, like they're, they're on the cusp if they just do a couple little things, right where you could argue that this is a very good to excellent units, potentially. But right now, they're not there because of too many miscues. And why does that happen? Because,
1: you're again, it's because, same with offense, you're putting far too much on their plate, which is preventing them from playing fast and fundamentally sound. Give me a fast, fundamentally sound defense over what we've seen from Notre Dame the first six games any day of the week. Let your players play. You have the talent. Let them play. Stop making it about how smart you are. Make it about them, and if they do that, they should be okay. Key number three, Ryan, get the ball. What we're saying this year is a by all the issues on defense are a byproduct of what we just talked about. Somebody asked on the board the other day, and why why can't this team force turnovers? And I'm like, this is what we just said is exactly the reason why. When you're constantly a step behind because you're unsure of what you're doing, you're not playing full speed, or you're like, well, I'm not sure if I should drive on this ball because I'm not quite sure what's behind me, or what's in front of me, or what's beside me. Or if this is even what I'm supposed to do, then you're going to constantly be a step late to the football, right? And that's the thing is, is number one, the Notre Dame defensive line does a really poor job of getting their hands up. They were much better about this under Mike Ellison. Now Washington has got to get back them back to being that. You've got too many tall kids on the perimeter not to have any padded balls to the line of scrimmage on the season. I mean, it just it, it, you have to get better about that. And then the other part is, if you allow your players to say, hey, look, this is what we're doing. Now go do it at a really high level, then you're going to see more disruption. you see more forced fumbles, more batted balls, more breakups, more interceptions. Those are the, the type of things that you're going to see. So th- that's that's what this team needs to do. Now, somebody just asked if, if Doug Brumfield is playing. He's listed as questionable as of earlier today. We are breaking this down with the thought he will play because he's the guy that is the issue. If Carter Fell plays, this game won't be close in my opinion, it, it will be just like the last two weeks and you're not really tested. So we're working with the assumption that he's going to play. And that's what the keys are going to be off of. So uh, when I look at it, Ryan, that's kind of a key for me is the disrupt- being being disruptive and being disciplined then leads to more opportunities to get the football. I think that's going to be a big part of it as well. And And, and I'm going to quickly transition to the last one, because this is the one that you're going to be most fired up about. this is the one on defense that's even that's of all the points we made. I mean, these are all four, you know, important points, right? Especially number one and three, you know, dominant up front, get the football. Those are going to be important against Syracuse and Clemson and Navy and PC and USC. This one to me is, is, is the most big picture specific, but also the area that I'm most concerned about playing UNLV. If Doug Brumfield plays. And that's linebacker play. Key four, you have got to get your linebackers on track. And it's not as simple as just bench this guy and play that guy. It's a problem across the board that needs to get addressed. It's 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 part coaching, part player. They both got to mm-hmm. get on the same page and, and get rolling. And that's going to be a big, big key to this game. And important, not just for the future, Ryan, but again, this is
3: a very important key for this game as well. Yep. I mean, and when you when you think of, again, we've talked about it a ton. I feel like we haven't talked about even yesterday about how Notre Dame's run defense is going to be against UNLV because you just kind of have an assumption that's not going to be a major issue, right? Like you just have that assumption, even though I do like Aiden Robbins at running back. I think he's a pretty good running back. The fact of the matter is, though, is that UNLV's offensive line is just not very good, man. Like the yards that he gets are good, hard-earned yardage, like consistently in the running game. But we've talked about making this team one-dimensional. How you do that is shut down the run, which is a linebacker's first and foremost responsibility. Linebackers are run-first football players. Stop the run, make this team one-dimensional. And then after that, I mean, the RPO game, the ability to work off the read game for the quarterback, those are all, again, you're trying to manipulate a second level. I, I mean, I would argue that if Notre Dame's linebacker's Ball out this week and play their best game that this game won't even be close. And UNLV won't have much of a chance to score a ton in this football game because that's who they're that's on, on almost every one of their concepts. That is who UNLV is trying to manipulate. They are trying to make linebackers fill the wrong gap, read the wrong key, work inside the box and throw an easy RPO. They're trying to make linebackers wrong all day. And in this football game, the one worry that you do have is that UNLV or I should say Notre Dame has not been a good sp- good position at a position that UNLV likes to key off of a ton, right? So when you're looking at them against a UNLV team that wants to take advantage of the second level, Notre Dame has to be better in this football game. The linebackers have to come to, to play. It's not necessarily that they have to be dominating and they have to really, you know, they don't have to have <laughs> every tackle and have, to, you know, a ton of tackle for loss, but they need to play better. They've just been a bad unit so far this year. With how this UNLV offense functions, Brian, again, I think that the linebacker position is going to be so instrumental because almost everything that UNLV does is trying to prove a linebacker wrong. And if you are able to prove them, if you're able to to make Doug Brumfield have to second guess or make the running backs have to get extremely tough yardage, then you're going to have a field day if I'm being completely yeah. honest, right? And that's that's yeah. the that's the point blank period to it. I also think this is a game. I've been
1: I've been I don't think the way they've used linebackers on pressures has been overly creative to be honest with you. I would like to see a, a little bit more of that this game. I do think this is a game where you need you if Tariq Bracey's back, this is a game I'd like to see them play a little bit more aggressive coverage pre-snap limit the inside breaking routes, limit the quick game on the perimeter and bring a few more linebacker fires on first and second down. Now, whether those are run stunts that then run through the quarterback or whether they're actual pressures, I, I actually think this is a game where I wouldn't mind that seeing them maybe early on do something to, to turn the linebackers loose a little bit in an attempt to try to get them into a rhythm. You know what I mean? Like if you're going to play Maris Louis out, use them on a couple of those pressures early on to try to just get them rolling. You know, and I would I would do the same. I'll tell you what, the, the kid that has shown me the best burst so far this year, Ryan, has been Prince Collie. And for me, like, he's a guy that I'm like, okay, I, I want to see that guy come with a fire at some point in time. Like, I, you know what I yeah. mean? Like, so those are the different aspects of it that I want to see as well. I do think allowing them to attack a little bit more where there's no read, just, hey, dude, right now, this is where you're going, I think could also be something that sends them into a little bit better place and gets them a little bit of rhythm. You know, they're like the receivers. Like, they just need some success. To get him yeah. going. I think it's in there. Look, they know. you. Look, do you really think Maris Louisville watches film and is like, man, I played great on Saturday. I don't know what these people are talking about. I hope not. Do I, think, hope not. I don't think he does. I, I really don't. Do you think J.D. Bertrand watches film? And he's like, dude, I'm way better than I was last year. Do you think mm-hmm. Jack Kaiser watches Stanford and is like, man, I dominate. I. These are smart kids. They know yes. they're capable of playing better. They're frustrated, just like we're all frustrated. So I think if you can do something early to kind of get them going, where you maybe design some opportunities for them to make plays within a, a more refined game plan, I think that could be a key, too. And it's, it's a lot like I've, we said about the receivers, Ryan. I, I really view the linebackers as on the same page as the receivers. It's a unit that is suffering because of poor usage and mm-hmm. an, an unnecessarily complicated scheme, and they happen to play the position where the most thinking is required. Yep. And I think that's that's where it's true for both of those units. And if they can fix those two – if all that we get out of this game is that the Notre Dame receivers start playing to their potential and the linebackers start playing their potential, if that's the only two big changes we see then what leads to that, then I'm going to feel a lot better about this football team moving forward because it will it will only happen if you make some of the other necessary changes that lead to that. It will be a very positive thing if those two units start playing better. Right? I mean – like uh, this team is going to can can play with anybody if those two units play because they almost beat Ohio state and they beat North Carolina and they beat BYU with both of those units, not playing very good football.
0: Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear. Check breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Check planning for what's next and how to save for it. That's where bank of America can help for your financial to do's bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals.
4: And and you have had
3: spurts of the secondary playing really well. You've had spurts of the defensive line playing well, not often enough, but the linebacker group has been easily the most inconsistent on the defensive side of football. Like it hasn't even been close. If we're being, you know, if we're telling the tale, right? Like it just has not been a, a good unit linebacker wise. So, I agree hundred percent, especially on the defensive side of the ball and on the offensive side of the ball. I agree with the wide receiver aspect of it too. But you know, just talking about the linebacker position, man, like it has been the one that has just been so maddeningly inconsistent. We saw it for was it the was it the North Carolina game that it was a little better, right, Brian? Because they were kind of using guys a little bit more simplified, yeah. right? Like yeah, we they, they need to they get back lo- to that a little bit yeah. more. It,
1: they it's, they it's, it's more design stunts, like because yes. because why? Because North Carolina went fast and it forced Mm -hmm. Notre Dame to do less. They had no choice but to do less against North Carolina because the tempo from North Carolina did not allow Notre Dame to get the kind of complex calls and different things they wanted in. So to your point,
3: that's not a coincidence that that was the case. It's not a coincidence. And and linebacker can be such a cerebral position. But again, this is why I go back to – your thinking should happen Monday through or Sunday through third uh through Friday, right? Like that's when you're thinking should all happen. It should be in between drives, it should be in between quarters on the field. You just have to go, man. Be instinctual, be proactive, and go. You need to read because that's the biggest thing right now, Brian. Is like I think that a lot of these guys aren't reading the field really well, and that's making them look slow. Like we've had a couple people ask, like, is Maris Loyfowl still injured? And I, I think the answer is no. Like, I don't think he's slower than he was in 2020 per se. I think his eyes are just causing him to look slow. Like there's a difference between being slow and looking slow. Like you've said that before, right? And I think right now the linebackers are not reading well and they look slow out there because they just are very unsure of what the responsibilities are. Simplify and let's get them moving faster, right? That I think departmentalize and conquer is my biggest thing for the linebacker unit. Last
1: little piece, Ryan. Special teams, same as always. Do no harm. Right. Limit mistakes. Don't give them short fields. Don't have mistakes where, you know, you shank a punt or you muff a punt or you miss a kick. Just do your job. Right. I think, Brian, outside of one return against BYU, this special team has been really good, fundamentally Mm -hmm. sound like somebody. It's funny how people perceive things. Somebody yesterday said that, you know, Brandon Jones has been abysmal as a punt returner to which I ever pointed out that he ranks 28th in the nation in punt return average. Like, like yeah. not being Tom Zibikowski or Rocket Ismail doesn't mean you suck. Right. What I want is a guy that's going to help you maximize field position off catching punts. And when opportunities are there, get the most you can get. Yeah. It'd be nice to have a guy that can turn to return some kicks back. That's fine. But mm-hmm. Brandon Joseph has been a solid, steady punt returner this year I think the coverage units outside of one return against BYU, one punt return against BYU, that was partly out kicking the coverage a little bit. This this has been a really good special teams, right? Now you I mean your field goal kickers had a couple misses, but that I don't put that on the special teams coordinator all that much. I didn't even really put those on Brian Van Gorder. Or, I mean Brian Polian, except in the times where you saw him. Like I remember before a game, I think it was Louisville or Northwestern. And it wasn't Brian Van Polian. It was Scott Booker at the time. And and I looked over. Did you just say homemade. Van Polian? <laughs> no, I said uh, Scott, Brian Polian. And, and I looked over at a guy next to me. I was like, this kid's going to suck in this game. And I can't remember which game it was. Because the whole time, Scott Booker's down there just in his ear, just yapping at him. I'm like, dude, you don't know how to coach kickers. Like, nobody knows how to coach kickers, right? As a position coach, leave that kid alone. He was, yeah. you know, and I was just like, back off, man. And of course, the kicker when I think it was Kyle Brinza – no, it might have been, might have been Justin Yoon. I'm trying to remember which, which year it was. Might have been Justin Yoon, but I'm just like, dude, get out of his ear. Get away from him. Leave him alone. That's how I've always felt about kickers. Unless you have hired someone who is a kicking specialist, which is, I'm surprised more teams don't do. They should, especially with all the analyst roles, you know, hire more analysts and then hire a GA that's a, you know, or somebody who's a kicking specialist, you know, that can work with the kid in different, because you can work with kids on, Outside of practice, a, a, an analyst can can do anything with a kicker outside of actual practice. He can watch film mm-hmm. with them. He can go over stuff and drills and all that. I mean, in in the film room and all that kind of stuff. Anyway, different topic for a different day. Do your job. Do your job. Yeah. That's the key, right? Play your. Do your job. Execute. Limit mistakes. And if it means you get a blocked pun or a big return, great. That's just an added bonus. But you can't do anything to give UNLV cheap points or take points away from your unit.
3: Well, Brian, how many times have I said this this season, right? Notre Dame needs to play against the opponent, not against themselves. Like, that is like the point blank, man. And that that is a very consistent thing across every team. But, I mean, especially for Notre Dame, when you are struggling in certain areas, you can't play against yourself, man. Like, you can't be self-inflicted. You can't have – bad penalties and in dumb spots you can't have muff punts you can't have missed field goals like those things you just need to take care of man like don't shoot yourselves in the foot you can't drop a ball in third and four on an easy crossing route that would have gone for 20 plus yards like you can't do those little things that make things harder on yourself like don't hurt yourself help yourself like UNLV is a team that you shouldn't need to be perfect against to beat obviously but again we're preparing for the rest of the season right so when you're playing against a clemson you can't have self-inflicted things happen to you right against usc to win that football game potentially you can't be you can't self-inflict and hurt yourself like you need to start playing smarter more cohesive football and i mean last the first play of last game was a false start where you get yourself in first and 15 to start the football game like those things are are demoralizing, man. So Notre Dame is not good enough right now to also play against Notre Dame every week. They have to just remove those little stupid mistakes, play smart football, and not shoot themselves in the foot. Because right now they are shooting themselves in the foot way, way too often and putting themselves in some bad positions.
1: That's going to be it for the Keys to Victory segment of this show. Before we move on to the predictions, make sure you hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button. Hit the notification bell. Share there's podcast on it for the message boards at boards dot irishbreakdown.com.
3: <laughs>